what's going on everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pals, pals, Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check, and I'm here to talk to you about Hell in the Cell, which means it's going to be a really short pod, because there's only six matches on the card so far, but I'm going to throw in a little bit of speculation. Um, cards on the table, I was hoping to have Guapo with me on this one, we were going to have some fun with it, being that he doesn't watch very much WWE, and uh, we were going to have a laugh at uh, <laughs> me trying to explain to him what's going on in WWE. We may do that uh, another day, we may do that for Money in the Bank, Money in the Bank's already been downsized from a stadium to an arena, um, we can start off with that as the first punchline, if we get him on next time, but the scheduling gods did not work uh, in our favor this time, so you've got just me, and it's a pretty bare-bones, basic-ass pay-per-view with exactly half as many matches announced as Double or Nothing last week. Double or Nothing was fucking long. But anyways, Hell in a Cell happening this Sunday. I have to double-check. I have to think in my head now because they do the Saturday thing every now and then. But I say, as I always do, I'm uh, taping this before SmackDown. We don't have anything announced from SmackDown just yet. This is a very raw, heavy card. So I'm going to do some speculation right off the bat. They're going to have Ronda, because there's no Roman Reigns. Because there's no uh, unified championship match on this card. I'm going to guess that they want Ronda on this card. So uh, she'll face somebody if it's a... If it's a random open challenge, whatever the case may be, she's got sort of this thing, pseudo-rivalry slash respect going on with Raquel Rodriguez. They could have her go against my girl Shotzi again. They've just barely started to tease something between her and Shayna Baszler, but I hope they actually build that. I actually said a while ago that if you want to just have a quick exhibition of what Ronda Rousey can do just to get her on the card, put her in there with Natalia. No, it's not the most entertaining story in the wor world. No, not very many people are invested in Natalia right now, but Natalia is great. She's a great technician. Uh, from everything we've heard in the back, she's a great trainer, very helpful, very locker room leader-ish. If you want to just put a spectacle on that highlights everything Ronda Rousey can do, put her in the ring with Natty. Um, whoever they put her in the ring with, she's going to win. They just put the title on her last month, so that's pretty much cut and dry. Now, the other one that I think we're going to get from SmackDown, and it's probably going to be confirmed this Friday, is Ricochet versus Gunther. And I have to say, I have to say that the way we got, to, if, if we do get it, the way we got to this is WWE shitting on Drew Gulak. Because he was, the, remember he was the ring announcer, and then he was Adam Pearce's assistant, and then he was the timekeeper. And the whole time he was getting his ass kicked by Charlotte Flair, which seemed entirely unnecessary. And then they let him back in the ring, and he was the lamb led to slaughter for Gunther's debut. And then they brought in uh, Ludwig Kaiser, and... Part of me is kind of glad that I'm not spending this podcast explaining all of that, but Ricochet has been his sort of booster, his motivator throughout the entire thing, and that's put him right in the path of Gunther. So you've got the big, powerful Gunther, even though he's not as big as the Walter that we know, versus Ricochet, who's genuinely awesome and could use a really good showing on pay-per-view. Again, if this happens... Uh, I don't think they want to beat Gunther this early, but they can't beat Ricochet <laughs> this soon either. Um, the the way they could get out of that is to not have an IC title match, just have a tag team match. Ricochet, Andrew Gulak versus Gunther, and Ludwig Kaiser, uh, in which case I think uh, Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser would win, but those have not been... Uh, neither one of those has been confirmed yet, so again, speculation. Now, we had the 
I should say, and I'm not going to touch on this too much because I've already done a whole long-form podcast on the whole Sasha Banks Naomi situation. We wouldn't have to be scraping for a challenger for Ronda Rousey if it wasn't for Sasha Banks because Sasha Banks, what was so troubling to her and what was so insulting to her and what just wasn't enough for her was to be a tag team champion and also get put in a prime spot against Ronda Rousey for a singles championship on top of that. Um, I, I got nothing. I got absolutely nothing. Um, the whole Sasha Banks thing is gone by by the way. The whole Sasha Banks and Naomi thing, on the one hand, is truly ridiculous. On the other hand, has been completely overshadowed in the news cycle by Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and that, how that exactly went the right way. And if you don't agree with me, fuck off and unsubscribe from this channel. Uh, it's been uh, shaded over by the, the rumors of MJF leaving AEW and possibly coming to WWE. And most recently today, it's been shaded over by uh, Thunder Rosa not being happy with her lot in life at AEW, which is a lot... It's different, because AEW is supposed to be the promised land. You shouldn't say anything bad about AEW. So somebody shitting on AEW takes precedent over somebody shitting over WWE, because the, the popularly held opinion is that WWE is already shit. But even AEW fans will admit that the women's division needs work. I mean, they have a belt on Jade Cargill, for fuck's sake. Um... So it shouldn't go without saying that they're scrambling for if they are if they are scrambling for a challenger they're scrambling for a challenger because the diva that is Sasha Banks thought a title shot against Ronda Rousey at a prime spot at a not so big pay per view but still a title shot nonetheless while she already carries one wasn't enough. Um, what I thought would have been confirmed on Monday and it actually hasn't been, but they did the contenders match, and they did technically win. Uh, you, uh, unified, universal, undisputed tag team champions, the Usos, taking on Nakamura and Riddle. Now, I do... On the one hand, yes, it's another thrown-together team. On the other hand, it's the first team in a long time in WWE where the thrown-together team actually makes perfect sense. Uh, Nakamura and Boogs got their shot at the championships at, the, at WrestleMania where apparently, if you believe the rumors, they were actually going to beat the Usos and the Usos were going to have to redeem themselves against Roman Reigns and that was going to be a whole separate arc. But that didn't happen because Boogs got injured in the match. Nobody could have foreseen that coming. Obviously, the Usos held on to the titles, etc., but, so Nakamura wants another shot at the SmackDown titles. Riddle, on the other hand, along with Randy Orton, just lost the Raw titles to them in the unification match, whatever. So not only does Riddle want his Raw titles back, but he also wants to avenge his friend, who's also injured. I don't know what the truth of the Randy Orton thing is. Can somebody tell me down in the box below? I actually haven't heard whether it's a, whether he has actually been carrying some injuries around, which would suck, or whether he's just being written off TV because he's got some time off. Either one of those is perfectly valid, perfectly fine. I just don't know which one is actually true. Um... And again, as a combination, Nakamura and Riddle work. Riddle is awesome in the ring, despite the character and the goofiness and the real-life stuff that some people like to make up on Twitter. Um, you know, the, the, the source for that is a bunch of his ex-girlfriends. So yeah, those are always always 100% reliable. And then you got Nakamura, who's awesome and who's been sort of like coasting for the past little while and having fun, but if he manages to turn it up to 11, that combination could be could be really, really good. Now, they're not going to win. 
let's be real, the bloodline is the strongest built thing in all of the WWE right now, and I'm not just saying that because in storyline they've got six belts between them, I'm saying legit, they're like one of the most legitimate things in the company, and they're going to make Roman Reigns feel untouchable, especially with this new part-time contract, he's going to, you know, absence shall make the heart grow fonder, and we won't get into the law of diminishing returns, but while he's gone, the Usos are going to be there sort of in his stead, so they've got that to carry on their shoulders, plus there's the added wrinkle of Sami Zayn trying to be the unofficial member of the Usos, which is kind of lame, but it also, it also works in the sense of it's Sami Zayn and he can make anything work. He made the jackass thing work at WrestleMania. So, as good as it's going to be, and as intri intriguing a combination as Riddle and Nakamura is, it'll be a hell of a match if it's happened. It hasn't been confirmed. It's not on the website and it's not on Wikipedia again, so I'm assuming. Uh, Usos go over in a strong match. Sami Zayn may or may not be there in his in his like size schmedium bloodline t-shirt uh, maybe causes a distraction maybe maybe it's a case of this match will continue or this feud will continue um, it's been suggested that at money in the bank because they won't want to have a title match because the focus is money in the bank that they're going to do another six man with with uh, drew McIntyre riddle and Nakamura uh, rather than Orton, and I mean that wouldn't be terrible. I mean, if you need if you need a lineup of quick challengers for Roman when he is there for pay per views, you got Riddle, you got Nakamura, you got Drew. There's three. That ends at the UK show where I'm pretty sure he's going to be defending against Drew McIntyre because UK show. Um, and if we use a if we use a six man or a trios match to get there, that's absolutely fine. Kevin Owens versus Ezekiel is the first confirmed match we're going to talk about. I'm blitzing through these because, guys, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. Not to pull a, not to pull a Sean O'Hare on you. Kevin Owens is awesome. The Ezekiel thing is awesome because Kevin Owens has made it awesome. Kevin Owens recruiting the Alpha Academy to be his lackeys in his mission against Ezekiel slash Elias has been great, but... It is a case of, and I hate to quote what culture once again, but it is a case of, and then the bell rings. And when the bell rings, Kevin Owens is awesome. Ezekiel is pretty plain. He's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. He's just plain. Um, either Ezekiel wins to drive Kevin Owens nuts... Kevin Owens tries to cheat, gets himself disqualified, and Ezekiel wins, and it drives Kevin Owens nuts. Or Alpha Academy try to help Kevin Owens, and he gets disqualified, and Ezekiel wins, and it drives Kevin Owens nuts. So, as much as I worry about the fictional character of Kevin Owens' mental health, <laughs> uh, I don't think he's winning this. And I think, again, like Sami Zayn, who, who's not even in the tag team match, he's going to be the highlight. Kevin Owens is going to be the highlight. You know what's not going to be the highlight? at all is Bobby Lashley versus Omos and MVP in a in a in a what's what's the word I'm looking for handicap match there we go thank you brain um Hell in Cell's gimmick pay-per-view and they had a match on Raw where the winner got to choose the gimmick of the of the match at the pay-per-view and you chose the gimmick at Hell in the Cell and it wasn't Hell in a Cell. No, and I'm not saying I, I want to see Bobby Lashley in almost in Hell in the Cell. It'd be terrible. Bobby Lashley needs to be doing better things. Almost could be used better. MVP is is MVP. I mean, he's going to... He's going to... As much as he is a real wrestler, and as much as he is a good wrestler back in his, in his time, I, I would love it if he just 
plays the Paul Heyman role. Remember when Paul Heyman was... I think he was managing Ryback, and there was a handicap match, and he just never tagged in. And that, that'd that be fine. That'd be great. It'd be wonderful. Now, the story's pretty simple. Bobby Lashley won at WrestleMania, celebrated with MVP afterwards. MVP turns on him, manages Omos. Omos cheats to win at the next pay-per-view. They're, you know, one-on-one. One one. So this is the rubber match. Get excited. Um, I don't know. Lashley pins MVP so that Omos can stay strong, and if there's a kickoff, I hope this is on the kickoff, I'm really scared that it's not going to be on the kickoff, because Bobby Lashley's in it. Bobby Lashley shouldn't be on the kickoff, but also Bobby Lashley shouldn't be in a match that I'm saying belongs on the kickoff, so I don't know what to tell you. I guess Bobby Lashley wins, like I say, my prediction is that uh, he pins MVP. Austin Theory versus Mustafa Ali is way more entertaining than it should be. Mustafa Ali wants to leave WWE. They're not going to let him, so now he's wrestling again, and they're trying to get him to stop trying to leave by putting him in a U.S. title feud, which I think means he's going to be given a token U.S. title run to get him to hang around. Now, I don't like this for a lot of reasons. I don't like this for a lot of reasons. Now... I like Mustafa Ali. He's he's a, he's a good enough wrestler. He's an entertaining guy. He's a sort of an earnest, believable character and all that kind of thing. I thought he took retribution for as bad as it was. He put it on his back and tried to turn it into something. That didn't work. Um, and then he just sort of came back as a guy and uh, talked about his former life as a police officer. But then they quickly realized that, hey, look at the year we're in. Police officers are the bad guys now. Maybe we shouldn't do that anymore, which is more a statement on real life and society than it is on pro wrestling. But then he was just a guy. Then he was just a guy, and then he disappeared for a while. Theory, on the other hand, is a goofball, and it, it, it is absolutely stupid in the best way. He's taken all of the campy, sort of pompy attitude and fun of the way and brought it on to Raw in, a, in this stupid heel character that keeps falling into good fortune and happens to be under the watchful eye of Vince McMahon. Now, they took away his first name after Austin was at Mania, and they didn't want to have two Austins in the WWE, which is fine, so his name is just Theory now. Mustafa Ali's name was just Ali for a while. But here's the thing. If Mustafa Ali wants to leave, I, I understand the argument of let him leave if he doesn't want to be there. I also understand the idea of, and this is what most people don't understand about the independent contractor thing, as an independent contractor, you independently signed a contract that says you are here until this date. Absolutely, they have the right to say, no, you signed on for this, you're doing this. Um, but the thing about that is, is now you're giving, potentially, you're giving a title belt to a guy that doesn't want to be there, taking it off of a guy that's having a lot of fun and does want to be there, so that the guy that doesn't want to be there will be a little less miserable until he leaves. That's fucking terrible. And I know people have their things about theory because they haven't touched grass in 10 years and haven't breathed fresh air in 20. I am looking at Michael Sidgwick. I don't really care anymore. Um... Now, there's all this hovering over it for me, but the match itself is going to be good. Theory is wicked underrated. People actually acknowledge uh, how great Mustafa Ali is. Mustafa Ali was supposed to get that push that Kofi Kingston got during Kofi Mania. Imagine if that had actually happened. Oh, yeah, but then we couldn't have handed it to Kofi, and we couldn't have had an awesome mid-card main event championship holder. Oh, 
hurts my brain sometimes. The match is going to be really good. I I would love it if uh, Vince McMahon was out at ringside with Theory, but I don't think he will be. I would love it if Theory came out with the belt in one hand and in the other hand he's got the egg. That would be awesome as well, just because it would make me laugh for no other reason. But, yeah, I think they're giving this as a random giveaway token to Mustafa Ali, and that doesn't... It doesn't serve Theory, it doesn't serve Ali, really, and it doesn't serve the WWE to put a belt on a guy that already everybody knows doesn't want to be there. Uh, it's it's an awkward one. I, I do look forward to the match itself. I, sh I should rush to reiterate. The match itself will be great. There's extraneous stuff happening around it that I'm not particularly a fan of. And speaking of things that we have to work around because other people don't feel like coming to work, we've got Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch versus Asuka. So we all know the story at this point. There was supposed to be a six-pack challenge on Raw. It was going to be Naomi, Sasha Banks, uh, Dewdrop, Nikki Cross, Asuka, and Becky Lynch fighting for the chance to face Bianca Belair at the pay-per-view. And what was so offensive to Sasha Banks and Naomi was that Naomi was going to win. And Naomi was going to get that chance, and it was going to be Naomi versus Bianca Belair, which, I'm not going to lie, I wouldn't have given a shit about, but okay, it's a B throwaway pay-per-view, let's get these handouts out of the way. I would have loved to see Ronda Rousey just break Sasha Banks in half, but that's another story for another day, hopefully never hopefully never so what do we do instead of the six-pack challenge we got oscar versus becky lynch uh dewdrop and nikki cross kind of got fucked over in that deal um and uh oscar got the win after using the mist which is great because she's a popular babyface, so she's allowed to cheat and then becky lynch got into a match the week after to say okay if i win i get added into the match and we're like okay well I'll put becky lynch in there because she's a fucking star and away we go, off to the races. This is a match that wasn't supposed to happen, so as much as it should. Like, I personally, personally, I would love to see it go back to Becky Lynch, because the, 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 the rigmarole surrounding Becky Lynch's return, where her taking the belt off of Bianca Belair was bad because it's Bianca Belair, was ridiculous. But that's me sort of editorializing. If I go objectively, it would be kind of cool to see Asuka pick up the championship because the last time, and this is what uh, Becky Lynch has been uh, hyping up a lot on social, the last time Asuka became women's championship, she became, or sorry, became women's champion, not championship, it's late in the day, leave me alone, and I don't have a co-host, cut me some slack. Uh, the last time she became the Raw women's champion, it was because Becky Lynch handed it to her, handed it to her in Becky Lynch's words. So, to have Becky Lynch in the match where Asuka earns it off the back of an actual pinfall will contribute to the crazy Becky Lynch character. It'll get Bianca Belair maybe down doing something else. I don't know, skipping rope with her hair because the hair gimmick is still stupid. Um, my heart says Becky Lynch. My head says Asuka. Both say Bianca Belair does not win with the championship, but... Also, this is a match that was not supposed to happen. This is a match that was created last minute. I think they're going to go the safe route and just keep it on Bianca Belair. Um, do, 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 where do we go? What next? Judgment Day versus Bullet Club 2.0, because that's literally what it is. What did we have? We had Edge versus AJ Styles at WrestleMania, and Damian Priest appeared. And then, for a little while, we had Finn Balor looking out for AJ Styles because they've got the unspoken Bullet Club connection and because Finn, ba Finn Balor and Damian Priest's commonality before the formation of the Judgment Day was feuding over the US title along with Theory. Now Theory has taken the title and these guys just have 
previously existing feud. That makes sense. AJ Styles, Edge. Edge brings in Damian Priest, which brings uh, Finn Balor into the fold. Now, Edge needs the numbers game. Once again, he needs a new member. He debuts uh, Rhea Ripley, who had just finished dumping Liv Morgan for being the the goofy, you know, happy-go-lucky tag team partner. And it did kind of make sense, even from a, from a history of Rhea Ripley point of view, where she had just broken up, she had just been broken up with by Nikki Cross when Nikki Cross sort of became the superhero that became the supervillain. And then, again, she gets another happy-go-lucky hero-type person in the, in the eyes of the crowd in Liv Morgan, and they still don't win, so she turns on her before she can get turned on. I get that, and I mean, if the two of them are in the ring, everybody else is already turned on. It's fine. Yes, I had to stick the joke in there. It's it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, so everything here, like, everything here did sort of dovetail. Um, there was a story at one point between Edge and AJ Styles. There was a story at one point, even though it included Austin Theory, between Damian Priest and Finn Balor. There was an existing story between Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley. Now, one side has all gotten together and said, hey, let's have numbers games, etc. Um, so, as far as a thrown-together, three-on-three, mixed tag, I mean, this'll be the greatest one since last weekend. <laughs> Oh, the amount of unrealistic hatred that people have for Tay Conte and Sammy Guevara is amusing to me, and not much else. Um, I think this is where the penny drops, and we finally get the last member of the Judgment Day, and it is Ciampa, because Ciampa, the whole time, has also been left behind in various feuds. Ciampa being one of the hired muscles for Austin Theory in his dealings with Mustafa Ali, is is a thing because Austin Theory used the Miz's help, he used Veer Mahan's help, then he used Champa's help, and then Champa got put into the championship contenders match. And it wasn't the winner gets a title shot, it was if Ali wins, he gets a title shot. There was nothing in it for for Champa. So if you if you include him, and even when he was interviewed, even when he debuted on Raw, he was sort of overshadowed by a bunch of other people. Um, so I think they're going to go the numbers game one more time. They're going to they're going to debut Champa. It's going to be kind of ridiculous. And here's the thing: much as I'm not a fan of Cody, um, I mean I, I acknowledge he's a great wrestler. Roddy, Roddy, Raw. We're going to get to the Cody Rollins match in a second. But there is, if we're going to make, except for Liv Morgan, if we're going to make and lean on the unspoken Bullet Club connection. Would you not, at least one more time, next month at Money in the Bank, be in for Edge, Ciampa, Priest, and Ripley versus AJ, Balor, Cody, and Liv Morgan? I'd be in for that, and you guys know what I think of Cody Rhodes. Uh, I do think Judgment Day get the win. I do think it is off of the back of introducing Ciampa into the group, and I think before that, the match itself is going to be phenomenal. Um, people are talking about a lot of Edge's shortcomings. I think you can hide that in a tag match. I think there are people out there that think Priest has shortcomings, and I don't necessarily agree with that, but if they are there, you can hide that in a tag match. You've got two ring generals in there, like AJ Styles and Finn Balor. You've got Rhea Ripley, who is who gets to play the cat-and-mouse game with Liv Morgan. Morgan play the power game, and Liv Morgan has the f following of the crowd, even though the internet doesn't want to admit it. 
Um, I think the match itself is going to be great. I think the predictable ending, the predictable interference won't take away from that at all. And I think the Judgment Day win and Bullet Club 2.0 maybe gets uh, gets their win at the next pay-per-view if they do, in fact, add Cody because WWE is not going to have Cody lose ever because, spoiler alert, I don't know when it's going to happen, but, uh, but Cody is going to be the one that takes that belt off Roman, isn't he? Oh, my God, that's going to be another conversation for another day. So let's talk about what's probably going to be the main event. Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins, round three, in Hell in the Cell, at Hell in the Cell. Um, match is going to be awesome. The first two matches have been awesome. Uh, Cody Rhodes surprises everybody, or I should say, quote-unquote, surprises everybody at WrestleMania, because we all knew it was happening. Uh, beats Seth Rollins. He goes to WrestleMania Backlash, beats Seth Rollins with some scheming means. Oh, yes. And Seth Rollins comes back and gets more and more and more crazy until this week. When they finally did, when they finally did what I wanted them to do, and yes, MJF did it better on Dynamite because he's allowed to, etc., etc., etc. Thunder Rosa's not very happy with uh, AEW right now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on that for a little bit as well. Thunder Rosa comes to WWE, and then the, and then uh, they have to establish a new champion off the off the back of that, and then you still got Jade Cargill as the TBS Championship. That's a that's a hell of a situation for AEW to be in. But again, other conversations for another day. The match is going to be fantastic. Ro uh, Rollins is playing the um, the, uh, the the self-doubting, sort of like losing his mind, losing his confidence guy, as he always does. Cody Rhodes is gaslighting the fuck out of him. He's like, hey man, I don't know what your, your problem is. I was happy to face you at WrestleMania. It's just a loss. Don't worry about it. And then Rollins finally got to the... Um, you know, you fucked off from here for a little bit, and you and all your friends tried to tear down what I call my kingdom. You can't take a sledgehammer to the throne and, and then try to come back and take it, which is awesome because it's true. Oh, yes. I said it when the rumors first started about Cody Rhodes coming back to WWE. I said, if Cody Rhodes comes back to WWE, I've lost respect for Cody Rhodes, and I've lost respect for WWE. Nobody wins. I still stick to that. Now, is he doing good things now that he's here? Absolutely. Doesn't mean my initial statement doesn't still stand. I think they go three in a row. I think it would be hilarious if they played up on the disaster that was Rollins versus The Fiend at, uh, at Hell in the Cell. What was it, 2019? Um, even for Cody to, like somehow arrange a lights out moment where everybody thinks the fiend comes out and Seth Rollins like shits his pants and get and gets the gets the loss that way. Uh either way, Cody's winning. Rollins doesn't lose anything by losing. I hope they do uh I hope they do give Rollins his flowers at some point because right now he's making a living out of losing, which is which is not ideal. But the match is gonna be great. Cody's gonna win and we're all gonna carry on. Now I've blitzed through that because that's literally as much attention as I'm going to give this pay-per-view on Sunday. Now, that being said, I am previewing this show. I'm not previewing the show that's coming on Saturday. Do you know why? Because I didn't know that there was a show on Saturday until today when I was listening to somebody else's podcast. Apparently, there's an NXT show on Saturday. I haven't watched NXT. I haven't watched NXT in over a month now. And you guys that have been following this channel for a long time will know NXT used to be the flagpole of this of this channel. And I don't just say, oh, look at me, I'm not watching NXT anymore. But I, I want to draw a line under this. It's like, even if you didn't watch NXT, even if I wasn't creating content on NXT, when there was a takeover coming, 
when there was a takeover coming, you could not avoid knowing about it. There would be no such thing as, oh my god, there's a takeover coming and I don't know about it. I don't watch any New Japan. I don't watch any New Japan. Um, I don't watch any... Oh, what's another good example? Well, Impact was an example for a while, then I started watching Impact again. Even, like, New Japan or Impact before I started watching it, even when I had no toe in the water whatsoever, I still had a rough idea of when there was a pay-per-view coming up, because there was some sort of conversation about it. You know, Best of the Super Juniors is coming up, or the Super J Cup is, is coming up, or, you know, with, with ROH, you know... Um, you know, cavalcade of honor, or or whatever the whatever the case may be. I didn't know anything about it, but I knew that it was happening. This is me. This is the guy that used to live and breathe black and gold NXT. And I, I'm recording this on Thursday, as you guys know. It is about 10:30 at night on Thursday before Hell in the Cell. I didn't know there was an NXT pay per view until tonight. That's really bad. And, just in general, for me, who used to cover WWE, uh, or sorry, cover NXT almost universally, to choose to do the WWE show instead of the NXT show, I don't even know what's on the NXT show, if I'm perfectly honest with you, uh, I think I heard Braun Breaker is defending against Joe Gacy, I... I'm going to watch it on Saturday. I don't know why I'm going to watch it on Saturday, but I'm going to watch it. But I would rather come up to you here tonight and talk to you guys about Hell in the Cell. And with how quickly this pod has gone by, you'll know how little I'm actually interested in, in Hell in a Cell. Uh, it is weird what's going on in WWE right now, because if I said to you, with, with no context... Uh, if I said, like, this is, again, why I wanted to have Guapo on here for an objective opinion, because my opinion is obviously not objective, with no context, with no story as to how we got here, if I just ran down this card to you, Ronda Rousey's gonna have an open challenge, Ricochet's gonna take on Walter, the Usos are taking on the oddball team of Nakamura versus Riddle, Kevin Owens is gonna take on some guy named Ezekiel, uh, Bobby Lashley's gonna face Almas one more time, maybe that one not so much, Austin Theory's gonna take on Mustafa Ali, Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, and Oscar are gonna rip it up in a triple threat match, the oddball teams of Judgment Day and Bullet Club 2.0 are, are gonna, gonna have a tag team war, and Cody Rhodes is gonna take on Seth Rollins. If I, if I sold that to you as a house show, you'd buy the ticket. And the matches on the night are going to be good. But the, the, the care is not there. I'm sorry, I lost, my, I lost my, my wording there. But the care is not there. How, how am I not more excited about that? Even though, even though my opinion of Cody Rhodes is negative, especially coming out of AEW, how am I not more excited about Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins? How am I not? How am I not? You know, stomping my feet on the floor and cheering for Rollins to take out that goddamn AEW guy. How am I not rooting? How am I not? You know, pulling my hair out and saying, "Becky Lynch, get your title back from Bianca Belair," because you know, bullshit. And you know, Usos, Nakamura, Riddle. That's gonna be fantastic. You know, Ricochet versus what we knew as Walter would be fucking fantastic if it was under a, an old black and gold umbrella. And the idea, the whole idea of Ronda Rousey potentially having an open challenge would be fantastic. The fact that this is the card, and I'm only this excited about it, is the problem. And the fact that I would still rather talk about this than an NXT show that I didn't know about until today 
goddamn, we're in a weird spot, especially when we had Double or Nothing last week, and then in two weeks is Slammiversary, in three weeks is Open Door Gimmick Pay-Per-View, and hopefully, by Money in the Bank, I'm more excited than this, because, yeah, I am a bit tired, but I sound even more tired, because I'm trying to come up with enthusiasm for the show. I'm trying to be somewhat entertaining for you guys, and, uh... I don't know. I'm out. I'm out of effort on this one. So uh, let me know what you think in the box below or on Twitter at SpazPhoenix. But till then, I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there. Talk down there. Start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I will talk to each and every last one of you later. But for right now, good luck on Sunday. I'm tagging out. Bye, guys.